0: Welcome to Philanthropy Today. Our goal is to inspire giving by educating listeners on ways to give and how to connect with charitable causes. My name is Dave Lewis. I'm your host of Philanthropy Today. Thank you for joining the show. We're going to talk a little bit about the YES Fund, which is uh, something that is in its 30th year. It goes back to the 93 flood and a lot of history that we have had uh, uh, in the Manhattan community with the YES Fund over the years. We've had some people that have been involved from the very beginning, uh, people not just in Manhattan, but people from outside of uh, Manhattan as a result of the 93 flood. And today we have, um, I, I, I guess, the new faces of the YES Fund, Debbie Mercer, who is the Dean of the College of Education. Glad to have you on philanthropy today, Debbie.
1: Thank you. Pleased to be here.
0: How did you uh, how did you get involved in K-State? And I mean, because your background is here, your your education is here, and and your career is here.
1: It it absolutely is. So if I start from the very beginning, my grandma was a one-room um, schoolhouse teacher under mm. what is now Tuttle Creek Lake. And ah. so until eighth grade. Um, that's where, where my mom lived. When they put the dam in, they mm-hmm. were forced to move. And I always say it was a story with a happy ending because my mom met my dad, lived happily ever after, and and here I am. So geographic ties to the area, absolutely. But K-State is my home. I, I have four degrees from K-State um, across two colleges. Every time I needed that that next step in my career, K-State was there with with exactly what what I needed. So um starting my 12th year as Dean of the College of Education.
0: And we've had Mike Holin in here a number of times, of course, uh, recently passed and uh, such a great man. I'm sure he's been influential in your uh, in your philanthropic career.
1: Absolutely, in so many ways, um, in the college and in the community. So Mike has been a a mentor, and I have enormous respect for the legacy that he left.
0: Yeah, what a great legacy that is. Dirk Daveline is also joining us, and Dirk is with, do uh, you, you, you say Steel & Pipe anymore, or just SPC, we do. We, SPS? We
2: do. We uh, uh, brand ourselves as Steel & Pipe Supply from a higher perspective. Our holding companies, SPS companies, but we've got... Um, 11 different companies, but here in the Manhattan, everybody knows the name Steel and Pipe Supply. And so that's what we lead with and use. We've been around since 1933. And uh, again, the name of Steel and Pipe is going to um, continue for many, many decades uh, because of the legacy of Jack Goldstein and Marvin Robinson.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's so many, there's such a great story. And I know that there's a book and yeah. and I think that it's also on YouTube yep. uh, where you can learn more about Steel and Pipe and what an amazing business path that yeah. they, uh, uh, established, uh, you know, just kind of yep. happenstance in Manhattan, it, Kansas it, trading
2: first. It was what I absolutely love as to uh, the personal story for me, I'm in my 30th year at Steel and Pipe Supply kind of coincides with the yes fund and, uh-huh. and the like, but, um, Uh, When the Goldsteins uh, started, they were uh, destined for Hutchinson, Kansas, which is uh, my home. And um, uh, the car broke down in Manhattan. (laughs) Ultimately, they had a great meal, met some great people. Steel and pipe supply is here. And I always gig my uh, friends down in Hutchinson that you could have uh, received all the benefits of steel and pipe supply down there. um, but, But for a car breaking down. What do you
0: what do you do there, at Steel and Pipe?
2: I'm the chief financial officer. Okay, so. all right. And you had
0: made mention of Jack Goldstein yeah. and uh, William Robinson. Yeah, yeah. And you know Dennis Mullen has been very involved in so many things, but you know Jack and and his influence and um, you know what they have meant. You know, talk about giving a legacy. Yeah. You know what the, what Jack's legacy in Manhattan has been is uh, yeah. is surely amazing.
2: Yeah, the story really starts back in the '80s when. um uh, Dennis Mullen asked Jack, uh, uh, you know, what he was going to leave uh, because he didn't have any children, and, and at that particular point in time, uh, income taxes uh, were pretty high, and so his estate was going to um, ultimately do some significant reshaping of steel and pipe supply in our balance sheet in order to take care of the obligations, and so he he and his um, uh, cousin, Mister Robinson. Uh, set up charitable trusts, and the charitable trusts have been contributing to philanthropic efforts uh, really since the '80s. And um, as steel and pipe continues to grow, uh, their assets continue to grow, and that means our giving in the community continues to grow.
0: Mm-hmm. Debbie, let's bounce back over to you. Okay. And you know your your uh, your personal life, your career, all based in and around here, and obviously you have a tremendous passion for Manhattan and the community. Let's talk a little bit about what, let's talk a little bit about what philanthropic work means to you.
1: So it's a lifeblood in so many ways, right? Um, and it's, it's a win for all involved. So people with the, the assets to be able to give can do so in a way that really strengthens the community. And that was the origin of the YES Fund, right? It was a group of very dedicated community leaders that came together and said, we're seeing some things in our community that that, that we don't like, that are troubling. There was an increase of vandalism, um, few activities for youth to engage in after after school hours. And so this group came together. They they engaged with those youth. They talked to them. And they said, we, we want to hear your perspective. And what they heard was, we really feel overlooked. There's, there's not much for us to do. We can't wait to get out of this town. And thankfully, we had that group of, of very impactful um, philanthropic focused individuals that came together and said, okay, how do we turn this around? And I think the YES Fund is part, is a strong piece of that foundation that, that did turn that attitude around in our community. So those individuals were willing to give so that youth had activities in which to engage after school.
0: I know that, Dirk, there have been so many things that have transpired in the last 30 years, and I know that Steel and Pipe has been um, intricately involved in so many philanthropic efforts. And one that kind of comes to mind there in the 90s is the work that was done with the Boys and Girls uh, Club, for exactly. example. And, and I know that you're very active in that organization. Yeah. And, and, you know, with, uh, with the assistance in, in getting that building up. And, and, and as Debbie had made mention, and this is something that I had thought also as a, as in 93, as a, as a newlywed man who, you know, was going to have you know hopefully have lots of kids right. well at least 3 but but i got you know a good one you know right. just one then but there there was a shortage of things for people under the age of 18 to do yeah. but with the establishment of that the establishment of that facility with the boys and girls club here on 5th street that was a resounding victory for kids in the community.
2: Huge game changer. You know, I, I think prior to the Boys and Girls Club, we had the Teen Center and and that was more of a, a weekend related activity, Friday and Saturday nights. And uh, again, the um, individuals that were involved with the Teen Center really um, reached out to uh, uh, the national organization of uh, Boys and Girls Club uh, got uh all the ducks in a row to get that moving and um uh, you know i think that uh uh positive uh read from the community is what pushed a lot of the desires of the individuals that steel and pipe supply to to really get behind the project and you know fund over uh 60 of the project and um it's still around today and, and, and not just at one location, it's at multiple locations. So to the point of collaboration, I mean, that's really, I I think to the roots of the yes fund, it, it was a matter of how do we get uh, the um, individuals at Kansas state university to do a lot of good work out of the uh, education um, school um, to help the youth and, you know, uh, they get on the job training if you will and um you know individuals who uh wanted to like yourself have kids engaged they could get their children engaged in those programs um, but then also enter in the usd 383 and this the the schools um from there i I'm believing that probably we're about fifteen to twenty percent of the the funds from the Yes Fund go to uh, the school district, and you know, all of the teachers um, are encouraged to put together programs to fill that void of uh, things after school at the elementary level and, and middle school levels. So,
0: Dirk, you know, we talk about the legacy of of Steel and Pipe in so many different capacities, but that is something that was Steel and Pipe's uh, uh, status of having. Uh, facilities, operations, staff in a number of other cities uh, across the U.S., this is something, uh, a mentality that has continued in your other communities that uh, Steel and Pipe has settled
2: in. It has. Um, uh, All of our locations have the um, ability when they um, have uh, families that are connected to particular causes to submit those requests to us. And, you know, our dollars uh, aren't made necessarily here in Manhattan, Kansas. We put a lot of them back into this community, but uh, you know we don't have steel distribution facility here in Manhattan, Kansas anymore. We've got them in 21 different locations across the United States and Mexico, and that's where the money's made is getting close to the uh, to the customers. So it just stands to reason for us to put that money out in those particular facilities. We've got uh, a skate park that we helped to develop down in Longview, Texas. We've got a uh, education program for uh, kids that are looking at going into engineering um, in one of our manufacturing facilities uh, that we fund. So just a lot of great things um, to try to get people um, active.
0: Debbie, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the educational side of things and, and the value that having a community that is giving back to its youth and what that means to maybe someone who's coming to K-State or maybe that someone is coming to work at Kansas State University because they're the ones that may have kids in tow that will, you know, want to be able to utilize some of these things. So So that philanthropic perspective is something that just kind of just kicks back and you know you you don't kick the can down the road you lift people up every step of the way
1: absolutely so the activities in which youth have the opportunity to engage in Manhattan is a selling feature for every company every business every organization in Manhattan including Kansas State University right so that's frequently a question we want to know about the schools we want to know about activities for for our our children so That's a a full cycle circle. For the College of Education, um, it's important that we are producing teachers that have that community mindset, whether they stay in Manhattan or, as Dirk said, go go somewhere else. We want to prepare individuals that are ready to give back to their communities. So to that end, many years ago, under the deanship of Mike Holan, we mentioned him earlier, um, Students are required to put in hours of service to support their community. And so we have a large number of students at the Boys and Girls Club that are still serving over 1,200 youth in our community. They need volunteers to help with that. Um, Big brothers, big sisters need volunteers. So our students, through their service requirement, are engaged in those organizations providing that service?
0: What's involved in that educational process? Because you know, here at the GMCF, we talk about uh, time, talent, and treasures. Mm-hmm. And you know, a college student doesn't necessarily have all the treasures, but they have the time and the talent, or the developing the talent, mm-hmm. and and trying to understand that. So, how do you teach that to today's young people?
1: Mm-hmm. So in a very deliberate way, right? So part of that's in our coursework, but the, the the real power comes from that actual engagement with youth, with organizations in the community. And so we make sure that everyone does that as um, as a requirement of our program. So we're not just talking it, but we're following up. They log those hours, they document what they've done, and, and they turn that in and those things are discussed in class. So education can happen within a school building within four walls with a teacher, right? Mm-hmm. It, it it absolutely can. But it can also happen in a variety of informal settings through coaching girls on the run and encouraging, encouraging them there um, through Wonder Workshop and some of the activities and projects that they have going. And so we want students to be submersed in um, those community-based opportunities to to really contribute their talent and their treasure that, that they're learning while they're here in Manhattan.
0: I'm certain that there are a number of students that have received scholarships over the past, and those are all charitable, philanthropic-type concepts. Is that something that that they understand, that those monies help them, and then they can be in a position where they can help others down the road?
1: Absolutely. So we're modeling it early on, right, through scholarships, through things like Cat's Cupboard and our own food pantry that we have in the College of Education. And we talk about those things. Um, they thank their, their donors for their scholarships. We have a grand event where they get to meet their donors and interact with them to show them that these are real people with a commitment to their success,
0: so you're really teaching by example.
1: Absolutely. One of the most powerful forms.
0: How effective is it?
1: I, I would say very effective. Um, students understand that gifts, no matter how small, can really make a big impact. And so I think that that's a, a myth that we wanted to dispel. Well, I'm a, a brand new teacher. I, I can't contribute those, those, those gifts with lots of zeros at the end, but I can give a little bit. And then, oh, I get recognized for that. Someone thanks me. Someone appreciated that. And that starts that that cycle.
0: Yeah. Dirk, let's talk about the business side of things. Because, you know, Steel and Pipe is one of the standard bearers when it comes to philanthropic work here in this community. Do you share your philosophies with other businesses? And, and is there something you try to do to, to continue to pass it down, pass it forward to others?
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, I think... To our good fortune, we've been doing it now since the mid-80s. And so, you know, the idea of our charitable trusts and foundations, I think, have have caught on. Uh, fortunately, in 1999, when we started the Community Foundation, um, we were able to use that as kind of the better way so that you don't have to go out and set up your own um, trusts or your own foundations, do your own accounting work and and all of that. You can do it all through the community foundation. And if you just look at the growth of the community foundation and the donor advised funds, I think you see exactly what's happening is a lot of the individuals that have donor advised funds um, have those funds as their means of contributing. And they've set up the donor advised funds here from you know the good fortune of their businesses, and they can then do all their philanthropic out of uh, the donor advised funds here, but from a, a a business perspective, you know we make it very clear at, at at all of our locations that what we're doing here is certainly great for us, but we're not doing it for the shareholders because seventy five percent of our company is owned by trust and foundation. We're doing it for uh, the communities that we all live in, and I think that's one of those messages um, w- when you hear it and see it. Then all of a sudden you kind of put your shoulders back a little prouder and walk around. And, and it's it's one of those things we probably uh, missed it for about uh, uh, five years when we started branding SPS companies as the name as opposed to Steel and Pipe Supply. But certainly what you hopefully have noticed over the last couple of years when you see sponsorship at events is the name of Steel and Pipe Supply getting uh getting out there because we want our we want all all of our employees here in manhattan kansas and all of our locations to feel really really good about the company uh, that they're working for you know
0: i suppose with uh that legacy from the goldsteins that that is got to be a source of pride for every employee that walks in through
2: the steel and pipe doors it 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 is you know the the people that, that really i think hold it and there's not that many of us anymore that that knew jack and marvin uh, Jack passed in uh, 2010, Marvin was 1998, but um, you know, they were two of the most giving individuals and giving not only in how they treated you as an employee, very, very fair, but uh, again, how they uh, treated the neighbors. And, and respected the neighbors.
0: And how Joanne continues she, to she does. to yeah. uh, carry that banner.
2: She is. She's, she's uh, still got the Goldstein name out there uh, and, and getting a, an abundance of, amount of, of respect uh, for her name being uh, associated and not just Jack's name being associated.
0: Debbie, it sounds like the YES Fund is in good hands with new leadership and and probably some new vision as well do you uh, have some thoughts on that
1: well there there was a firm foundation from that original group right um that that um were so powerful in their forward thinking about what they wanted for the community both from the greater manhattan community foundation and from the yes fund it's important to note that many of the organizations that we've talked about this today rely on the YES Fund for a large portion of their budget. They they hire personnel, they facilitate volunteers, they provide activities for students. So as we, we think about the future, really um, ensuring that that resource is sustainable for them so that we continue to do that. Because if they didn't have the YES Fund contribution, They'd really have to rethink how they operated and the services that they were able to offer, the number of children they were able to um, to serve. So they really need our support. And so, thinking long term, making that um, sustainable for them is is a critical piece of that vision.
0: And Dirk, with the S yes Fund campaign underway right now. Uh, this is an exciting time, and it's one that uh, I'm sure that uh, everybody that's involved with the fund is very hopeful that uh, you know we're going to be able to continue to uh, carry these legacies of philanthropy in the community. You know, for
2: for many years, um, the the form of of uh, getting the word out was through the newspaper, and 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 now mm-hmm. we've got so many different other areas that we've got to make sure we make the connection on um, the. Uh, donors uh, contribute um, you know call it a third of the money. The community contributes the rest. Mm-hmm. and so the significance of getting the community to participate year after year and uh, recognize that what you're doing is is helping not just one organization, but uh, you know we fund probably fifteen different organizations um that again rely heavily on uh, on the dollars and and if manhattan continues to grow we're going to have to continue to have more and more resources we're going to have this. more needs yeah. yeah 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 i mean you can you can look at any of the charities across uh the city and uh, you can look at where their budgets were 30 years ago and where their budgets are are today it just in- incrementally, that much greater.
0: Debbie, what does it mean to you personally to be involved with the Yes Fund and and you know charitable giving?
1: So my entire career has focused on on supporting youth and education is a big piece of that. I, again, children learn, youth learn so much through opportunities to be involved in athletic teams, in um, structured activities that are outside of the school setting. And so I think for for us to continue to grow as a progressive and and healthy community, we have a moral obligation to support our our children. so there's no no better place to put those those resources that that we each have to give, whether it's a small amount or a large amount, to continuing to support our community and make sure that that our youth feel like this is a place where not only did I grow up, it's a place I want to stay.
0: And Dirk, you and I have raised uh, children oh. in this community, and and that's got to be something that uh, is important to to you to be able to help kids that, that are, you know, whether they're your own kids or right. friends of theirs, classmates, whatever the case may be, to be able to continue this legacy of philanthropic work, what it means and what it does.
2: Well, I, you know, I think that's what separates Manhattan from so many other uh, communities is um, you, you've you got programs at, at the university that uh, partner with all of these great causes and get, get kids involved early, and and some of them stay in Manhattan, some of them uh, leave. Those that stay in Manhattan are engaged from the very beginning. I was much the same. I I stayed after college. Uh, I got involved very quickly in the Big Brothers uh, program. Um, I uh, still stay in contact with two two of my littles. One's 43, the other's 33. Mm -hmm. I'm starting my third match now uh, only because my children are grown and out on their own. But, you know, both of those uh, individuals, my son and daughter have expressed after living in bigger cities, Kansas City and Omaha, how they'd like to move back to Manhattan. And and the reason they want to move back is what they experienced when they were here, that they were able to get involved in youth activities that uh, were funded by the YES Fund and and other um, uh, individuals who, you know, have that philanthropic um uh, mindset.
0: What more could you hope for?
2: Well, that's right. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, you, you've got beautiful uh, university setting, and uh, always something to do. Uh, you know, th- that's that's the the best part about economic development here in um, Manhattan is the, the the businesses that are choosing to come are choosing for what we are as a community.
0: Dirk, thanks for sharing your story. Yeah, appreciate it. Debbie, appreciate you coming in and sharing your philosophies as well. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Philanthropy Today, an inside look at the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. You can always learn more about the GMCF at our website, mcfks.org. We also invite you to subscribe to Philanthropy Today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Dave Lewis. I'm proud to host Philanthropy Today. It's hosted and produced in, in the Cast studios in downtown Manhattan, Kansas.